Welcome, welcome. Welcome back, everyone. Yes, I am back. I made it home safe. I'm back here in the studio just for you guys' listening pleasure. You can thank me later. Um, are we live? Oh, yeah. On YouTube? Oh, yeah. All right. Now, welcome back to the 307 Podcast. Whether you're watching live on YouTube or you're listening on the audio-only platforms, we appreciate you being here, man. This is the 3 of 7 podcast. Hey, man, we're just real people doing real things, man. You know, the things that, that we are, the things that I do, I guess I should say, things that I do, man, you just can't fake it. You can't fake it. You, you, you know how many people out here, man, how many of these influencers and how many of your favorite YouTubers and all this crap, do y'all understand they're faking it? You know, there's so many examples out there. There's so many things that you can do, too, on social media on YouTube, on all that. Y'all understand, all that crap can be edited, man. Who the crap are you looking or taking? Who are you taking wisdom or advice from? Who are you watching for whatever it is you need? Inspiration, uh, whatever, marriage counseling, how to be a man, anything you're talking about, man. Y'all, dude, I'm telling you, you better look out, son. But around here, we don't fake it, son. Well, at least you don't. We. we I mean, I don't fake it. I, I do. I do it, son. Let me just go ahead and tell y'all, I'm the real deal. <laughs> and I know that pisses so many of y'all off. I'm the real deal, buddy. <laughs> so, screw you if you don't like it. <laughs> Get it, boy? Oh, man. All right. In case on Team PT this morning, was it chilly? Boy, that right there, that was great. <laughs> that's I'm you, just, that's just now seeing who you got sitting with you over there, chilly. Oh, I don't know. Oh, man. <laughs> What's her name? I don't know what her name is. Well, me neither. We'll have to ask. But. Um, Yeah, buddy. Oh, Team PT this morning. Yeah, y'all go ahead, man. Well, yeah. I, you seem to think that we would, we should and would gloss over the fact that you decided to just do your own team PT today and think like an individual and that we would just forget about it. Was it not a five mile trail run? Look, this is what I remember. Me and you was talking about running this past weekend. And Chad said, Chili don't come do them runs with you. And about three minutes later, I turned around and he was nowhere to be seen. Yeah. I mean, what was team PT this morning, Chad? What was it? Five mile run. Did you do that? No. Because you're a freaking selfish individual. That's why. I don't need for you to tell me why you didn't do it. That's why you didn't do it. No. You want to know the truth? Nope. I just told you. <laughs> Our boss, 
both of our, both me and you, our boss sitting yeah. behind that computer over there. Yeah. Which, by the way, he cut all his hair off like a freaking dweeb. All gone. I saw him this morning, man. He looks like a child. <laughs> I'm about to shave my uh, what I've, little bit of beard I've got off too. Just for I, you. I thought about not even allowing you on the dang podcast today. It's well, thank goodness there's no camera pointed at you. I'm about to jump on the camera. Cut all his dang hair off. Looks like a little child, fourteen year old boy over there. <laughs> but anyways, he's our boss. The tech guy is. He's. I mean, I would say he's the only responsible one among us. Um, he told me yesterday, he called me and said, look here, employee Chad. Mm. Uh, he said, I know you're probably feeling pretty rough. If you want to sleep in in the morning, you don't have to come and do this run. I just want to let you know. I'm 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 letting you off of work tomorrow. Well, then he was thinking like an individual too. Yeah. Well, uh, what neither one of y'all knows that was a test. Well, good to see how you would respond. You're I was wondering, up. are you going to take up and actually go do something, or are you going to lay around like a turd? And you kind of floated the you was lukewarm as what <laughs> well, you was. He responded you was like, like a freaking pansy and acted like he was going to run and then didn't. So he started. You know when someone starts it out, I'm going to try, boys. I don't know if I can run or not, but if I can't, he's I'll hike. Yeah, he's qualifying. Yep. So I have the day off. As a matter of fact, I don't even have to freaking be here right now. I don't even. Said I, you I, to, I said I don't even have to be here right now. The, I have the, the day. Uh -uh. The boss gave me the daggone day off. I man. said if you didn't want to run and you just want to do the podcast, then that's acceptable. Do you shave the top of your head, or is it just doing that naturally? <laughs> oh, it's just doing it naturally. Oh, okay. Well, where where one to talk messing with his hair? He looks like an eighty-year-old man, <laughs> dude. I mean. <laughs> There's scraggle crap. Look like steel wool coming off the top of his head. Double all steel wool. Well, wearing a helmet for five days straight probably didn't help much. You know how you know how to tell the difference between a uh, a homeless person on a bicycle and a TNGA rider. A helmet. Yeah. A well, helmet. And yeah. one of them's probably got about. $3,000 worth of gear on their bike. The other one don't. Well, they look the same, though. Well, the bike, true, the yeah. bikes look the same if you if you look at them. Like, yeah. I saw so many homeless people over the last week. You know, their bike setups look just like ours. <laughs> <laughs> or, or at least some of the people. That ought to tell you something. Um, yeah. And, and the only way you could tell the difference between a, a, a race competitor and a homeless was the racer always had a helmet on. A homeless don't ever wear a helmet. They don't. I don't know why, but they don't wear helmets. So if you're homeless and you're listening to this, you need to start wearing a helmet, man. That that on bicycling is dangerous. And you know, when I used to get out here and ride on, on these road sections, I used to always be stressed out about getting hit by a car because you're riding down these highways, man, and these trucks are passing you at, sometimes 70, 80 miles per hour, and you've got no shoulder. You're just riding along the white line. Well, I've just got to the point where I don't even worry about it anymore. <laughs> I don't even worry about it. You just got a death wish? You, no, you just, you're just riding, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. 
If one of them hits you, you you can't see them coming. I like. Well, one, yeah. Why'd you used to worry about it? One big old fat guy in Blue Ridge. I I crossed the the Iron Bridge there um, in Tacoma, Blake, right there by the old cabin. Yeah. I crossed. You know that little store across on the other side of the bridge right there. I stopped in there, and one big old fat guy. We were about to ride up Aska Road. He said, "Y'all better." watch it riding on this road they fly up and down this road you know it's a windy mountain road he said make sure you watch out for them cars coming up behind you and i thought how in the crap am i supposed to do that yeah you can't do nothing about it if if you get hit by a dang car you just get hit what else you gonna do man I don't even worry about it anymore it is what it is it is what it is because man. he who he says it is who it is what yeah. it is yeah yep. So I've been out for the last, well, since Friday. I started my traverse of North Georgia, the TNGA, Trans-North Georgia. And um, just got back, finished up yesterday around 4 o'clock. YouTube, if you have any questions about my TNGA ride, put it in the comments, all right? Blake, get your notepad out. I'm looking. Are you going to answer them now? Yeah, but, okay. I, I'm going to answer them in a minute. Get, so get your notepad out. If you, if you see any good questions come through about TNGA. That's doubtful. Now, me and James are going to sit down probably later this week and do a full after actions report. What the crap is going on around here, man? We're going to sit down and do a, a full after actions report on the race. And... um but I wanted to take any. All right, here we got that one. That won't be live. What place did you finish? I don't know what place I finished. It took me four days, five hours, and 36 minutes. It would probably be middle of the pack. Well, good question. Front of the middle. Whoever that was, good question. Mm -hmm. That's perfect. That is. If, if you're I'm racing, serious. Yeah. I'll tell you if it's a bad question. That's a good question. I, well, I'm going to go ahead and tell you about this race right here. I want to tell you two things about it. Really it really just matters that you tried. It really ain't about your placing. It's really just about the, the, the effort you gave. Is it that right? Oh, just do your best. Yeah. Do your best and do what makes you feel good. Okay. Um, I'm going to tell you something about two things about this ride. If you are listening to this podcast and you have a bicycle and, you know, you like to ride your bicycle, you know, on the weekends and... You know, maybe you've done a little bit of backpacking and you like to be outdoors and stuff like that. This race ain't for you. This race will slap Kadab, chew you up, and spit you out like a piece of freaking chewed up bubble gum, son. It'll slap you, then Kadab you. Uh, <laughs> so that's the first advice I have for all you guys that, that might later on hear the whole after actions report me and james do um it far it it was far beyond my capability as a bicyclist the only way i even survived the dang thing is because i just have enough experience in endurance racing and backpacking and just being smart out in that environment. The second thing I want to tell you is the cats that did race this thing, and especially the top three or four people that, you know, were on the podium on this race, it's unbelievable what they did. 
Like when you when when you see the terrain that this dude that finished first place, his name was Abe. He finished the race in thirty nine hours. And when you ride that course and you see the terrain that this dude covered in thirty nine hours, it is mind boggling what that dude did. And it's crazy, man, because nobody'll nobody'll ever really know about that dude. Like he's not getting sponsorships and he's not getting podcast interviews and he's he's not getting all this clout and all this stuff from 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 what he did. But after seeing what that Joker covered in that amount of time, it's probably it's one of the most impressive feats of endurance that I have ever witnessed. You need to have him on here. I would love to have him on here. He's a he was a really nice guy when he came blowing past me. Um, he seemed to be a really nice guy. But I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, that is a feat of endurance son so i was my whole perspective on like what can be done on a bicycle both in terms of the terrain that you can traverse and the speed in which you could do it it shifted my whole perspective on like what was even possible on a bicycle so well, we got a few questions here. Okay, what else y'all got? Aaron Brown, the mailman, he wants to know what it takes you so long for. Well, Aaron Brown, you come on out and do the TNGA next year, and I'll put $1,000 on it that you don't finish within 10 days. I'll put $1,000 on it. So come on out and do it. <laughs> there you go, Aaron Brown. Yeah, they ain't many. I told you I'm the real freaking deal, Aaron Brown. You want to talk crap to me, man? I told you I'm the real freaking deal, son. Aaron, that's a good question. That's a great question. Make It's going to make for a better podcast, too. God, I love it. James Henderson wants to know, did you achieve what you set out to? Yes, I'm going to talk to you guys about my my most important lesson learned on this race. Here in just a little bit. All right. Kyle Chiraboga, he's got a question for Chili. He says, why won't Chili race? Yeah, yeah, for, that's a good question. Chili will race running races. Why won't you race mountain bike races? I don't want to. There you have it, Kyle. Because you don't want to. Do uh, what you want, son. Um, <laughs> always ultra. He wants to know, can you ride that race hardtail or do you need dual suspension? Um, I would say 90 plus percent of the riders rode it with a hardtail bike. You you will want some front. You will, you will want a suspension fork. But with a full suspension bike, one, there's more things to go wrong. And two, there's not as much space on the bike to put your water bottles or your frame bag or anything like that. And three, the full suspension bike is heavier. And I learned real quick after I pushed my 70-pound bicycle for about 18 miles two days ago 
having your bike as light as it can possibly be is extremely smart. So most people ride it on a hardtail. Um, Freshwater Bike, he wants to know, what was the hardest mental hurdle that you had to overcome, and can you compare that to running a race? The hardest mental hurdle I had to overcome was riding down trails that were way above my experience level to be riding on, like these really steep, rocky, super narrow mountain biking trails. And I'm not a mountain biker, man. And so riding down these things and thinking the whole time, I'm about to get wrapped around a tree because you're riding down these things and you're going so fast that one little move that you make that's wrong will just send you into a tailspin and you're just going straight into a tree somewhere or off the side of a mountain. So f- for me, it those sections were mentally exhausting because it, the whole time you're just so tense and especially riding down these sections at night and you're having to watch where your front tire is, what's coming in front of you. Um, and dude, one time I freaking almost ran over a bear. I'm riding down a single track trail like that. And there's a bear standing in the trail. I come around and literally have to just lock my bike up on the TNGA. Yeah. Literally have to lock my bike up. The bear's 10 yards in front of me and starts and just starts huffing at me. So, yeah, those sections were you couldn't relax mentally at all. Can you compare it to a running race? No, it's a totally different. It's a totally different skill set than a running race. There's so much going on in this TNGA, like there's so many skill sets that have to be combined for you to do well. You have to have your skills riding the bike. You have to have your backcountry skills in terms of your gear and your gear systems, your sleep systems, filtering water. You have to have your navigational skills because the course is unmarked. You have to navigate the whole time. Um, The only things that are really the same in terms of running is the eating and drinking portion and then just maintaining constant forward motion as much as you can. But there are not really any skill sets that go into running. You're just running. Uh, The bike thing, there's a lot more going on. And it's completely self-supported, so you don't have any aid. You can't take anything from anybody. You have to just figure it out on your own. So the bike this TNGA was much more of a I would categorize it more of an adventure for me personally than a race. Um although if you're good enough on a bike, you can make it a race. I'm not good enough on a bike. So uh Cameron asked what hurt the most the next day after, I guess he's talking about after the finish. Um, quads. Quads have been 
hurting for the last three days. Hands are in good shape, a little bit sore, but my hands came out good. But yeah, definitely quads for me. This uh, That's one of the weird things about the bike race versus the running. Your joints feel good, at least mine do. Or if you go run 200 miles, your joints get to feeling like teetotal crap. But um, my quads actually like get swollen on these bike races. Now, during the bike race, probably the thing that hurts the most is you get these little hot spots on your feet where the pedal's putting so much pressure on the exacts because you're clipped into these pedals and your darn foot will just get the feeling like if somebody's holding a darn fire to the bottom of your foot and there ain't nothing you can do about it, but it's definitely painful. That's about uh, the extent of the okay. The questions. Yep. All right. I want to ask Chili. Chili, what's going on with YouTube, man? I posted a video the other day of me at the uh, spring yep. getting water, and they disabled all the comments on that video. What? What's? I, I just want to know what's going on with that, man. Well, I don't really. <clears throat> I don't have too much to report. I thought that you had uploaded it from your phone and accidentally turned on that setting. Uh, so I went in and tried to allow the comments again. And then whenever I did that, um, I thought it was taken care of. Then a few hours later, somehow I realized that it was still disabled. So I was like, oh, okay, clearly this is a, <laughs> I guess a glitch you could call it. <laughs> Or, you know, YouTube is just not allowing comments on this. So I went in, enabled them again. This time I went in and tried to comment as, you know, three of seven project to see. It, it actually did allow me for a few minutes. So I went in there and commented just to let everybody know in case they could read it, that the comments are disabled, not because of us, but because of YouTube doing it. And, um, then after that, I think they were disabled again. So, and then I went in and enabled them again. And I think they're actually, I think it's back up now, but it'll probably go out again. I've done that like four times. I don't know. I'm just trying to keep, keep them up. But why is that happening? I don't know. Did, I mean, I mean, I don't know the for sure reason. We, so I say some pretty wild stuff on my truck talks. You, you do? Well, I mean, Things that you think would be censored. Um, I mean, I, I basically do everything. I basically say everything short of calling people to slap rebellion. Mm. Um, but do you think that we... Sh did we, like, strike a chord or something with them talking about... You're asking in a very strange way. Well, that, that kind of gives you the impression that something's up with your water that you're drinking. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying, oh, man. It's really, it's really weird. Like, what are, what's your theory on that? Did we, did we strike some kind of chord on that yep, or something? Like, a nerve, man. Oh, I don't have a theory. I don't, I don't. Look, I am, I, I can't speak for you or for Blake, but I for one am very. I mean, extremely pro-government. I mean, I like big government. I love the federal government. 
I love YouTube. I love that they work in conjunction with it to keep our speech hampered, you know, keep it in check. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. That way it keeps everybody safe. So I'm a big fan of what's happening with that because you probably, I didn't watch the video, but you probably said something that was a little out of line. So I'm glad that they kept you from potentially spreading misinformation to somebody that could have been harmful. I don't know what you said, but you do tend to do that. So I'm glad that the government's there to keep you in check. What if they weren't? Can't you imagine the hell that would break loose if the government wasn't there to keep people like you in check? Oh, that is a good point. I'm dude. very thankful for them. That is a good point. I mean, I'm I am very pro-government. Imagine what would happen. Big government. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be big. Imagine what would happen if the government wasn't monitoring and censoring and limiting uh, certain speech and certain messaging on these well, who, private dude, platforms. Who knows what people would start to think? It'd be crazy. Yeah. They'd start to th they would start to have more communication with their communities and their families and, and start having some really harebrained ideas that, that, that potentially the government didn't have their best interest well, why in would, mind, which would be incredibly dangerous in my opinion. Why would anybody try to take care of themselves if someone else will take care of you? Well, I know well, we, don't, don't to, we don't even know what we should say, though, obviously. Well, we don't know what we need. That is true. We don't have the ability to know what we need or how to take care of ourselves or what to think or what to say. So if we can't do We're that... We're too dumb for that. And why, why, why do I see all these people on social media trying to do those things and talking about liberty? <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty dangerous idea, in my opinion. Sounds like it's next door to fascism. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you need your government. Yeah. We, we need our government. Yeah. I mean, and on the water thing, imagine if our government didn't take care of cleaning, you know, our water up for us. Who knows what would be in it? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows what would wind the, up the in chemicals it? That would, be turds the, and <laughs> the, the chemicals that would wind up in your water would be insane if they didn't purify it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just imagine, too, Imagine if the government didn't tax you the way they taxed you. You would probably be able to accumulate some decent wealth if you wanted to work really hard. Oh, and who knows what you'd do with that. And what would you do with you, that? You can, nobody knows how to. Nobody can take and handle that burden. It's a burden to have, you know, more freedom and more um, autonomy with, your, with, with money. Yeah. You can't handle that. All of y'all are complaining about taxes, man. You would fall apart if your government didn't tax you the way they did. Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. And your taxes go to critical functions within the government so they can continue to take care of you. That's what you got to realize. If yeah. you didn't, if you stopped paying taxes, how could they take care of you? They, could, they couldn't pay to clean your water for you. You're actually not mm. paying enough taxes as it is right now. No, I'm... I, I'm, that's one of the biggest things I've been advocating. Yeah. More taxes, higher taxes, taxes on more things. <laughs> we taxes need to start, on your taxes. You know, I may run for president. I think we already have taxes on our taxes. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, we but do. we should be taxing things like air and stuff. Well, of course. I mean, the, 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 the notion that we haven't taxed carbon di dioxide, which is heating up the environment, and we all expel when we breathe every second yeah 
the fact that we're all just little carbon dioxide climate change machines running around, I would tax the crap out of that if I was in charge. So well, that's why you should vote for me. Yeah, if they would tax that, they could probably use that money to come up with solutions yeah, to, to stop climate yeah, change. Not yeah. to mention the methane everybody's putting, Dude, putting out. It's unbelievable. Yeah. All the carbon dioxide we breathe out is heating up the earth. Yeah, I, I would tax, mm, I'd tax that. God, tax that hard. <laughs> Yeah, why has nobody thought about taxing air? I don't know. What's I, wrong with our government, man? Well, well the I, I don't, so- I, I, there's nothing wrong with them. <laughs> Look. Don't you put that on the government. Look, now, I think they're doing the best they can, but it's that solution's not a, that easy. It's going to take some time to put to implement that tax. I mean, you can't just snap your fingers and have everything how you want it. So don't criticize that. They're working on it. The air's so dirty, too. They're going to have to start pumping in clean air into these communities. That is true. They're going to have to start getting air from outer space and pumping it into here. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have air purifiers everywhere. Yep. More. Um, Another thing, why, the like, okay, we know the government listens to this podcast. Why aren't you taxing the internet? Why do we not get taxed to use the internet? Think of all the money that could come for the, from that that the government could use to keep us safer. Because everybody uses the internet. I think in some countries, governments are doing that. Well, quite honestly, the reason that I don't think they're taxing those things yet, because they are trying to, is I, I think it's people on YouTube and these independent people who keep who keep pushing all this crap back. You know, I mean, they oh, try to yeah. put this stuff in, and people keep people keep opposing it. They're people don't want the government's help. They're hindering progress. I mean, you get you've literally got this this huge branch that's literally like a safety net for you that you just keep rejecting. You just keep pushing it off. Yeah, that's why. If people would just let them do it, they could help us more. We've got people that want to just bite the hand that feeds them. I don't get it. This reminds me of a story. Um, Blake was trying to buy some land a couple of weeks ago. And this old country guy, he has some land for sale. And Blake said, well, it was it was three different tracts of land. And Blake said, well, how much would you sell it for if you just if I just bought all three tracts of land? And the guy said, well... They're all three for sale, but I can only sell one tract of land this year. Because if I sold you all three tracts of land and I and I made that much money, it would put me in a, a different tax bracket. And I would actually make less money than I would make if I just sold you this one tract of land. Now imagine if that man, exactly, this old country guy out here, that has this land, yep. imagine if he was able to sell all three tracts of those land. Then he could pay so many more taxes. And make like, but imagine if, if he wasn't taxed on that and he was able to do that and actually accumulate, I don't know, a quarter million dollars. Well, that guy would probably be, experience a little more freedom in his life. He would be a little less dependent on handouts and government assistance and stuff, especially as he ages. So 
that would destroy that guy. So the, that's those tax these taxes are in place to keep you from trying from actually potentially becoming self-reliant or financially independent because you can't wield that, man. You cannot wield financial independence. No. You you just go rogue. Especially as you get older. I mean, that's what a harebrained idea that is. Yeah. You, How is that going to work? When you look, when as you get old, I agree. You have social security, okay? A government program that's going to pay you enough that you can go down to the store and get you some rice and maybe a a pack of um you know, oatmeal cream pies or something to have for dessert. And that's all you need, man. Stop being so greedy. That's what it is. It's greed. It's greed. It really is. Yep, it's individual They're greed. And greedy people, man. Everybody wants. It's just wants, wants, wants. Yeah, talk about talk about thinking like an individual. I mean, I've been. I'm so guilty of thinking like an individual. The it's, things I've said about our government. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. what a selfish, greedy person I am not wanting to be part of the collective effort. Well, that's exa- that's the, the precise word I was about to use, the collective. What's with all this promotion you've done in the past of individual autonomy and individual excellence even? What's that? You think you're not a part of a group? You think you could survive without the collective? Out of your dang mind, man. <laughs> That's right. I mean, we are all part. What do you think this country would turn into? This doesn't even need... But see, you're, you're thinking too low. We need to be thinking in terms of the globe. Well, I agree, but this just... This country, that's selfish in and of itself. You're actually right. You're gonna. That. You're talking about your country? Well, we've well, got a... One guy, he, he gave something that he's doing to help this situation. Oh. This came from Vad Wanu. And he said he pays extra taxes every year to help support the great government. So, you know, if y'all haven't thought about that. <laughs> the great government. <laughs> if y'all haven't thought about that, you can pay more than they're asking for. It's something you hadn't, con- sounds like you hadn't considered. Well, you know, I, usually I don't admit this, um, but I am not doing everything that I can do because I have not paid extra taxes. So, that just opened my eyes into what I could do more for the great government. Well, I want to get, I, I want to, how, how dare you speak of your existence as part of a country? Well, that is the that state is of it selfish. right now. That, but that is just, uh, well, I, dude, I'm, I'm, you have got to root this selfishness <laughs> out of you. I'm the biggest supporter of the global movement, man. I mean, I just, Look, it's a problem that it's still a country. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you're going like what a just a piece of crap. Well, yeah. to have pride in your in a in your country. No, this is a global effort, man. There are no borders. Well, there, there are, man. That's what we have to dissolve. We have to have to. If we, really, it's. <laughs> It's a problem. Just imagine the globe. No borders. 
You can you could go you can go wherever you want because you're part of the global community. Yep. You're not part of a country. All right. You could take pride in being part of the collective. Well, yeah, it would fix so many problems if you could travel freely yeah. to anywhere and just didn't pretend that these imaginary borders were there. And you could No passports, no, no nothing. Buy things anywhere. Yeah, and think of just a a single currency that you could just use wherever you went, right? And it's all controlled by a single or maybe a few people that they have your best interests in mind. They're going to make your life so much easier. Why are we hindering this from happening? Exactly. That's the idea of centralization, right? The, the higher globally you go, the simpler it is. It'd be just a small team that had your best interest in part instead of like all of these individuals who are, are ahead and above all of the citizens that, that, that they might start to, you know, fight with each other and have conflict. And this would simplify it down to where that would probably be non-existent. It'd be so much more streamlined. Right. Man. We'd streamline and then everybody under that could live in harmony. Man. Yeah, here's another good idea. Castillo's, he said, they need to just keep all of our money and just pay us in rice and beans and coffee. And where bugs. we don't have any money. Yeah. And I bugs. also want, I need protein. Yeah. So I need What, you dried, got beans? Well, yeah, but I, I'd like to have a little dried bugs. Well, yeah, I mean, if you do now. think about why it, do we why, do we, why do we allow ourselves to continue to have the power of buying that's the thing, man. These the grocery stores could be ran by the global government. Exactly. They they would make sure they were always stocked with the necessity. They would never run out. The nutrition that you need as a, as a human being. All right? Now you might you don't need to have choice in what you're going to eat. You just need to have the things that are going to keep you going. That's how we keep messing up. You can have choice. You can have an I- identifier Actually, it'd be really simple. Now, we have the technology. You just have a chip in your right hand or in your forehead where you just walk into to this place and automatically it scans the chip as you walk in and you get to grab, you know, whatever you get for your rations. It's going to be enough. Well, that way you don't even have to check out. You yeah, you don't have to check out or anything. It's already done. Yeah, and then if you get sick, they've got you covered on health care. Health care. You know, there's people that don't want this. Isn't that unbelievable? Well, I thought I didn't want it, but I'm, you know, I'm seeing the error of my ways well, now. Well, good. I've been on this. Oh, yeah, I've been on this train. I've, I don't know where you've been, but I am, um, I'm in full support. Travis Van Ness said you, we'd have a bunch of cereal, seed oils, and potato chips in the stores. Well, good. That's that's what we need. That'll keep you going. Yeah, that'll keep you going. Well, I mean, have you not seen the carcinogens in meat? Yeah, that's true. They freaking kill you. Anytime you eat a steak, it may not kill you on the spot, but you're slowly dying. Well, that's why you eat crickets. You get it in very small form. Yeah, and so what's he talking about? Seed oils? Is he trying to act like that's a bad thing? You know what? You you know what the number one thing you'd eat if you had no food and you were out? Have you ever watched Alone? What do they eat, man? fat that's it man just straight up oil simple refined so they take all the impurities out 
boom. That's all the body needs, and you'd be, you know, and that's another thing. In in this world that we're talking about, think about it, man. Like, yeah, you think can, about it. You can be, you could literally be as fat as you wanted. You could stay home on your phone constantly. Well, fat is beautiful. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You could be on your phone constantly. You could play your video games. Um, <laughs> video games. <laughs> you wouldn't have to work. O- only uh, I-, I think maybe there maybe there will be a, a certain you know there will be a certain should be a certain sect of people that you know are still rebellious against these ideas, and we could just use them for the workers. Well, I hope nobody's rebellious. I mean, because if, if this would all just implement, what you don't have to realize is nobody would have to work. That is... If, no one would have to work, man. If everybody just complied, it's you don't even have to work. Don't you see? We would have machines do all of the farming. Oh, okay. We'd have... We'd have I mean, everyone's against all this AI. How yeah. do you think, you know, we got How do you think stuff? we're going to ever that not have to true. work? That is true. Right. Farming, everything. Because all the all the all the money and resources would belong to the government, so that would allow them to develop machines. Right. to do all the jobs that needed to be done. Yeah, what are you talking about? Work. I mean, no, hopefully no one would rebel because they they all realize that this would be literally literally perfect. Holy crap, dude. Exactly. Well, we've already got some problems on here. We Travis Van S. He gave twenty dollars super chat. Jonathan gave two bucks. They're burdening us by giving us money that we now. Oh yeah, please stop. We now have, we now <laughs> we've have this. Like, what do we? Yeah, because basically all we're gonna do with that money is give it to the government. So <laughs> you might as well just go ahead and skip this step and go ahead and give it directly to it. Well, but hold on, <laughs> it's getting taxed as it comes to us. And then if and then when we give it back, are they getting more because it's taxed coming to us? And then we give it. No, I think if we just all just stop what we're doing, and then just give it to the government immediately, cut out the middleman, then that way we could avoid how long this is taking. This is taking. Gosh, it's taking yeah. a long time. Yeah. I'm ready for this now. Yeah. And, and in this situation too. Obviously, whoever winds up being the the small group of people who are in charge of the globe, they're just going to rise to the top because they're 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 going to be the cream of the crop, man. So you're not going to have to vote anymore. You're not going to have to worry about politics. You're not going to have to worry about policy. You're not going to have to be engaged in any of these, you know, hard things to think about or conversations to have. It's just all going to happen on its own. So it's all the, the entire burden is going to be lifted from you. So I'm glad you brought that up, Chili. Well, you're welcome. I was getting a little worried about you. Yeah, you're really making a lot of sense today, man. Good. All right. Well, I want to share with you guys my major takeaway from the TNGA. You got anything, tech guy? Mm-mm. Okay, I, I you know, I think Chili. I was thinking about Chili while I was out there doing this race because Chili used to also do hard things, and he talks about a lot of times. What is everybody talking about? These feelings. You know how you talk about that a lot, like yeah, 
You know how so often people say, I feel good or I feel bad or I feel all these certain things? Like, what are you talking about, all these feelings? So I was thinking about chili while I was out doing this. This, on this race, I never, I never had any highs or lows. I felt the same the whole time. And I was just thinking about this. Because that, in my mind, should be the goal when you're, when you're racing. Should be the goal. Just to, You should never feel too good, and you should never feel bad. Now, there's a lot that goes into making that happen. Would you agree with, with my thinking around this? As in, that's the goal of an endurance race? Yeah. Well... The goal is to be steady. Yeah, for sure. You want to avoid the the lows. I mean, that, I definitely know you want to avoid that. I mean, if you're talking about highs and lows, and somehow you could be in a high the whole time, that'd probably be good. Well, but, the, the problem with the problem with the highs, if you get if you get too get to feeling too good, is usually that's going to lead you to a low. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying theoretically, if you could be in one the whole time, I don't see why that would be dis disadvantageous. But yeah, that's um, that is what that is what uh, causes so many lows for people. I, I reckon is because they they uh, they overestimate based off of how they, I guess, feel in the moment of what they're capable of. Yep. Yep, that's right. So, yeah, that's what it's that's what it comes down to. It, 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 you know, if, if you're riding in a long race like this or running in a long race, like at Cocodona, you could have ran six-minute pace for a while the first few miles. You could have done that, and you maybe even would have been like, oh, I feel good. Well, who gives a crap? It's three miles in. You're trying to run 250 miles. I mean, if you do that, that race would have been such a disaster. More you, of a disaster than it was. I mean, if you ran the first 10 miles as hard as you can. I mean, that that's like the notion that people, they think giving your best effort in a long race like that or going your hardest comes down to just sprinting off the line and going as fast as you can. That's not how you get your best performance out. You get your best performance by being extremely steady the whole time. Yep. So yeah, I don't I don't think that's um that should be hard to understand, but it does appear to be. Well, there's I think looking into the nuts and bolts of achieving this kind of state where you just feel the same way the well it's not time. it's not gauged off a of feeling that's one problem well you're just it's almost just like you have the capacity to do the work that's in front of you right it continuously it, it depends on your capacity yeah depends on what you're capable of and staying steady so to flesh this out what this actually looked like for me on tnga it was um the reason you never should feel too good, like you should never hit the high, 
is because you should have your you should get your pacing down to a point where it's hard enough that you're that you don't like you're not getting this boost of energy it's hard enough that you're actually having to work to maintain that pace so that keeps you from hitting that yeah that high cuz you never back off but you're floating this line to where the razor's edge the the effort is exactly where it needs to be right you never hit the low because you don't exceed that level of effort that you are capable of and that level of effort is going to be based off of how well you're trained yep. all right so training plays into finding where that's at. And obviously, if you train harder, that level's going to be higher. And a little bit of how healthy you are. Like if you were really fit but had some sort of a problem where you got really sick or something the day of the race, obviously that could take well, yeah. I mean, but, but just saying all things equal, you're right. Yeah. Because you're trying to find that razor's edge and a perfectly executed long endurance race, you're literally a few you're you're extremely close to going over the edge and blowing up. But you can't you can't ever get there. Yep. But that's how that's how close you have to walk it. So that's the pace you're that's the pace you're trying to hit. Is all right. I want to feel like I'm working, but I don't want to feel like or, or start like overextending myself. And the other thing that plays into this is hitting your nutrition and your hydration. I mean, you got to hit that stuff consistently. I think that's the biggest thing that plays well, it's pace and it's this that plays into the highs and lows because I see it time and time again. Well, this uh, this directly determines your pace almost. Yeah. I mean, it. I see it time and time again, man. People are out there. They get to feeling like crap, and they're not feeling like crap because they pushed the pace. They're feeling like crap because they didn't eat or drink, and then they finally get to a point where they're able to drink a Coke and eat some, eat some substantial food. And then it shoots them into that high where they feel good again, all of a sudden. So then what do they do? They push the pace more than they should. And then they forget to eat and drink again. And it drops them right back down into the low. And their whole dang experience is just a continuous cycle of these highs and these super lows. Once you've done that, like if you do that early on in a race, you you also hear me and other people say like you'll never get it back. That's part of what I'm talking about because if that happens to you early in something that's going to take days, you'll just keep riding that roller coaster the whole time. To not get on that roller coaster, you have to never get get on it. Yep. Like you you, you can't like if you you can't you can't get low on calories and kind of bonk a little bit and then eat a bunch because inevitably any amount of work you do after that will put you back behind. Not even going super hard. 
it's just any amount will because you, mm. you you just all you did was catch up back to where you were. So then as soon as you start again, you're behind again. That's why it's so hard. I mean, you have to stop for a long period of time to ever equalize it. That's just hard to do if you if you're trying to go fast. I mean, or do do any kind of do any kind of thing approximating well in a race. Yeah. It's just a roller coaster. So that was that to me was the one thing that I nailed on this race. And that's what I'm most proud of in terms of, you know, takeaways from this TNGA race is the fact that there were no highs, there were no lows. I just felt the same the whole time. Like I was working, it was hard, but there was never a time that I felt like, oh, holy crap, I got to. I got to stop and take a break here. And there was also never a time that I felt like, oh, holy crap, I can go a lot faster right now. Nope. Just felt the same. The entire four days, five hours, and 36 minutes. And that was my biggest takeaway. And I think that's something that I'm going to take with me even going in, I think it's the same with running. That's something I'm going to take with me into my races. It's just that mindset of staying the same the whole time. And ultimately, that's going to get me through the challenge the fastest, and it's going to get me through the healthiest. So that's something to strive for. For you guys that have some races coming up or some challenges coming up, think about that. Think about your pacing, your hydration, your nutrition, and also your training. Be honest with yourself about what you're actually capable of in terms of pace and try to hit that sweet spot, man. And it feels good when you hit it. It feels good. It's just like you're just doing the work the whole dang time. So I want to share that lesson with y'all. That's kind of a a new one for me that has always been in the back of my mind, but it was really highlighted on this last event that I did. Well, boys, we covered a lot of ground today. <laughs> we covered a lot of ground. Um, I hadn't even been able to read my Bible the last five days. I didn't bring my Bible out there with me. I was trying to go as lightweight as possible. So I ain't got no scripture for y'all today other than I was reading this morning and I thought this was interesting. Let's see if I can get Blake's take on this. Blake, you got anything to say while I look this up? I ain't, I ain't prepared no salad for you, man. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't got nothing to serve up while I look this up? No. So I just finished the book of Ephesians, and I just started on the book of uh, Philippians, and I thought this was interesting in here. Paul writes by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, 
and this is in chapter 1. I guess we'll start in verse 15. Some indeed preach Christ, even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preaches Christ out of contention and not sincerity. Contention or selfish ambition and not sincerely. Supposing to add affliction to my bonds. But the other preaches Christ of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. What then? Question mark. Notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. I thought it was pretty interesting that what I took away from that was Paul was saying, there's some people out here in his time and in our times that are preaching Christ for selfish gain, profit, manipulation, manipulation, um, all kinds of different reasons. And some are preaching Christ out of sincerity, love for Christ. And, uh, Paul in here says, all I care is that Christ is being preached. Yeah. And I thought, you know, it is interesting how the message of the gospel can even come through and help people, even if it comes through people who are sharing that message you know, from an impure perspective or impure intentions. Mm -hmm. I thought that was very interesting that that was recorded in Scripture. Yeah. And say, well, you know what? This joker's preaching the gospel, even if he has pure intentions. Well, Christ is still being preached. Yeah, I think that's just credibility to the power of the Word of God. We, I thought so too, yeah. We think a lot of times that how something is delivered is more important than what is delivered, and you see that with uh, you know the way many congregations deliver messages and the extra things they have up on stage, and you, know, you have the lights and the smoke and the firecrackers that go off and things like that. And then even, even you know, sometimes the things that are said – they want to, you know, it seems like every uh, message has to be this profound thing or this uh, really deep, like, oh, look, I kind of cracked the code. Let me teach you how to do this. Here's the three steps. And all of that has more focus than just the raw, just the raw resource of the Bible. And so it it's saying that the power of God is much more powerful than anything else we could say or any way that we would deliver it. What matters is just that. The meat is being delivered, and it's up. I mean, that's our job, right? And then, it, then uh, it's up to God to touch those people's hearts uh, and give them the willingness to be able to receive it. Yeah. In other words, the message is much more powerful and effective mm-hmm. than the messenger. Yeah. 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 I, I thought that was a really interesting portion of scripture, well, and. Pe- um, 
people say, you know, refer to us as Christians a lot of times, you know, they'll use the metaphor that we're like conduits, like the, the gospel should flow through us to other people. And so if you think about it like that, then you think about what's what's flowing through the the pipe, right? What's coming down the pipe. If we're just the conduit that's delivering the message, it just matters what's coming through it. You know, is it that old dirty tap water or is it that good spring water? And, you know, that's what's going to nourish you is the actual content of what's yep. being delivered. Yep. So me and Chili and Blake are thinking about getting officially ordained around here. Um, well, I'm not. I'm Chili wants the title of Pope. Yeah. So he's got to get... That's a totally different process. Is it really? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, getting officially ordained would be a good step in the right direction, right? No, no. Not for the Pope, bro. No, 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 not the papacy. No. I've, I'll just go on that journey myself and report back. You need to... You go ahead and get... Basically, if I became a Pope, I could make you whatever I wanted to. Is there only one Pope... Well, yeah. Or are there multiple pulps? <laughs> well, there's about to be. Is there multiple? So, do you just want to be pope for the um, the uniform? Or, I mean, what? why did you select pope? Well, I just think it seems like a cool guy. Okay. Pope Chili. I do like that, man. <laughs> yeah, Pope Salad. I can make you whatever, Cardinal. Who do we need to make you the Pope? Well, we need to take a uh, take a flight over to the Vatican. And I bet if you just let me talk to some of them, it's all that needs to happen. Now, is that is that an elected position, or is that somebody no. that just does this and makes you Pope? Well, you got to have the right blood. Well, I'm sure you got it. I got it. So, Chili wants to be the Pope. Blake wants to be the Bishop. (laughs) All right? Bishop Blake, because he handles all the... Coin. Coin, and he handles, you know, all of the, you know, behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, And I don't know, if I get ordained, what am I going to be? Look, I'm, that's what I'm saying. If if I become the Pope, I can make you whatever you want. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's just up to your imagination. Okay. All right. So that's that's the next step around here we're thinking about. We're thinking about making this official. All right. <laughs> just want to let y'all know about that. Golly, you're nuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, guys. Um, we're going to sign off here. And uh, I'll get James in here before long, and we'll do a full recap of TNGA for you guys. Lots of fun stories in there. Uh, Lots of cool lessons learned. Lots of stuff to hash out from that. We just wanted to check in with y'all today. We appreciate you tuning in. Come train with us, man. Blake's got the whole training schedule up on the website. If you want to come train at the Proving Grounds, there are a few spots open there for the Proving Grounds in January. That's an awesome awesome mission um i promise you you won't be dissatisfied with the amount of learning and uh relationships and challenge that you'll get out at the proving grounds we're only running that once a year all right so if you want in 
on that mission, I highly suggest it. I think you can start sending applications in for the ROP course. The dates are on the website. If you support us on Patreon, I want to tell you, we greatly appreciate it. We love all you guys, though. We'll catch you on the flip-flop. Enough said.